It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Can you think of one good reason that quarterback Jameis Winston should be back in New Orleans in 2024? I can. We got all that and a little bit of land yap for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints. You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? I am Ross Jackson, host here on the Locked On Saints podcast, credentialed media member covering your New Orleans Saints as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network. And on today's episode of Locked On Saints, we're going to be looking at the likelihood of Bill Belichick winding up as a head coach in the NFC South. We're going to ask the question, why haven't the New Orleans Saints committed to making a change at head coach? And we're going to kick everything off with my reasons for why I believe Jameis Winston should be back as the backup quarterback here in New Orleans in 2024. Thank you very much for being an everydayer and making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day here on the show, part of Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On for $20 off of your first order. New Orleans Saints quarterback Jameis Winston should be back as the New Orleans Saints backup behind Derek Carr in 2024, no matter how unlikely it seems that that is going to be. Look, from the moment that they restructured the New Orleans Saints, Jameis Winston's contract, right? The contract that they re-signed him to last year. From the moment that that happened and we saw the way that they moved money around, they moved the money around again this year, basically buying themselves some more time beyond basically up to the third day after the league year begins to make their decision on him. It's always looked like Jameis Winston wasn't going to be back in New Orleans in 2024, that he would probably go out and try to find a uh, starting role somewhere and all that. And that like, look, the Saints were just kind of moving past that point, right? You could see the Saints actively putting things out around the idea, or at least like there being things out there around the idea of actively moving on from guys that are a part of maybe the Sean Payton presence during that time, right? Like you see the stuff going on around Michael Thomas and Marshawn Lattimore and all that. The Marshawn Lattimore stuff, you know, I don't really mess with, but because I think he should be back next year, but we'll see what happens with him. Um, Jameis Winston kind of falls into that number, right? A part of the past regime brought in by Sean Payton, all this other stuff. And I think a lot of people now are starting to have the conversation around Jameis Winston not returning to New Orleans being based on what I'm calling the Jamal Williams decision. A lot of people are calling it the Jameis Winston decision. It was not Jameis Winston's lone decision to hand the ball off to Jamal Williams to get him a touchdown at the end of that uh, Atlanta Falcons game and then send Arthur Smith into a frenzy, which then later on led to Dennis Allen apologizing to the Atlanta Falcons and all of the kind of controversy and um, and noise that's happened around one of the most meaningless touchdowns uh, in, in that you can have, right? Uh, you're winning 41 to 17. Who cares if you win 48 to 17? Why is this such a big deal? It's a big deal because people like me keep talking about it, but honestly, like it's a larger conversation than even this show and stuff. So I, I want to be really careful because I'm not falling into that trap. I'm not falling into the Jameis Winston isn't going to be back because he snapped the football and handed it off to Jamal Williams at the end of the Atlanta Falcons game. It has always looked like Jameis Winston wasn't going to be back in 2024, but it's actually the decision to snap the football, turn around and hand it off to Jamal Williams that makes me change my mind and say, you know what? 
the New Orleans Saints should do everything within their power to keep Jameis Winston here in New Orleans in 2024. Not the thing that makes me believe that they should move on from him. You've seen people like Shannon Sharp out there talking about how they should cut Jameis Winston immediately and all this other stuff. I go the opposite way. I think that they should keep him based on the fact that he was willing to take the heat and make that decision or not make that decision, but be a part of that decision, right? Again, it was the offense as a whole that made that decision, not just Jameis Winston, but he's the guy that's got to snap the ball, turn around and hand it off. So that took a different level of commitment, a different level of courage, handing off and doing something great for a teammate that they considered was great as well, despite all of the heat that they probably knew that they were going to get. So the way that I look at it is that what Jameis Winston has shown you is that he's a leader on this team and that he's somebody that is absolutely fully bought in to what this roster can be. He is an important player for this locker room. I've always said that about Jameis Winston. You can have all the conversations you want, all the arguments you want about his play on the field. His play on the field is not the measure of his value. His value to the locker room is the measure of his value. And I spoke about this a little bit in yesterday's episode when I did a stay or go for the Saints top seven free agent. So if you want to hear that, it's the last part of yesterday's episode on Thursday, but I wanted to expand on the conversation here today because I do think that it's an important one. I agree with what Amy Trask, former CEO of the Raiders mentioned when she talked about the importance of keeping Jameis Winston in New Orleans. And I look at it the same way. Look, you can show two different types of leadership right now. If you're the New Orleans Saints, you can show the, we're going to cast you off, lead by fear. You did something that we didn't appreciate and that didn't jive with us. So therefore, we're moving on from you type of approach. Or you can say, that's less important to us than your value in this locker room. We want you back, bridge the gap, and show a form of unification in their leadership. And if unification, which sounds like that has been one of the biggest issues when it comes to leadership, player leadership, coach leadership, team leadership so far, for the 2023 campaign, what better way than to show some unification than to go against, you talk about blocking out the noise all the time, here's your opportunity to block out the noise, not just by saying it, but in your actions. Block out the noise of all the people saying that Jameis Winston should be cut, that unsportsmanlike things and stuff like that. And it's wild because there's such an overlap over the opinion of being sportsmanlike and not running scores up and not handing out participation trophies. So which one is it? Are you participating and getting a trophy for participating if you're the Atlanta Falcons? Oh, not gonna run the score up on you because you're here? Or are you playing 60 minutes? Which one is it gonna be? And so for the New Orleans Saints, the way that I look at it is that you have to stay away from all that, right? If you're, if you're, so, if you're so sold on this idea that you can fix the culture of this team, that the culture needs fixing and all these other things, it doesn't mean casting off players all the time. Sometimes it means showing a uh, valuable display of unification. And here's a really good opportunity for the New Orleans Saints to do that, right? Mickey Loomis was talking about how the Saints uh, players on offense weren't trying to do something disparaging to their coach, to the organization. They were trying to do a great thing for a teammate, a guy that they perceive as a great teammate. So why punish anybody for that, right? So if Jameis Winston is going to be on his way out this offseason, it can't be because of a decision that he made along with the rest of the offense at the end of the year. It's got to be because that was always the plan, okay? But if you have an opportunity here to keep Jameis Winston in New Orleans and with the way that the quarterback market is about to be flooded with some of these rookie quarterbacks, the success of a CJ Stroud and teams getting very excited about that, you already see the New England Patriots going copycat when it comes to the Houston Texans. To be fair, it was already built into Gerard Mayo's contract that he would be the successor to Bill Belichick. 
but you can see the direction that they're going. Defensive-minded head coach, bring in a good offensive coordinator, I assume that they'll do, and then they'll go for a rookie quarterback with a number three overall pick, whether they trade up or stay in pat where they are. Everybody's going that direction. So if people are going that direction and going, and that's the tie to the NFL, player, coach, all this other stuff, revamping your offense, bringing it into modernity, all this other, all these other conversations, then where does Jameis Winston fit into that on the free agency market, right? So there's, there's a real opportunity to keep Jameis Winston here in New Orleans. And I think if the New Orleans Saints really, really, really want to show a fix in their culture, if they really, really want to want to show and display leadership through unity, here's a perfect opportunity by keeping Jameis Winston in New Orleans and doing what they talk about all the time, but finally putting it into action and blocking out all the noise. Seems like a pretty easy decision to me. All right, we're not done. We're going to be taking a look at why the New Orleans Saints, or at least asking the question, why didn't the New Orleans Saints make a change at a head coach, although it feels like they had so many reasons to go that route. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Game Time is the one and only place that I go to buy tickets for any of my favorite events, whether they're sporting events, concerts, uh, theater, comedy shows. There's a whole bunch of different options and different events that they've got covered. And uh, that's what I'm going to be using for all my Pelicans tickets here moving forward. Pelicans are absolutely on fire right now. I want to make sure I'm in the blender watching and seeing what's going on. And I recommend you do the same. So head over to Game Time today, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKED ON for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. It's going to get you opportunities to grab stuff over for the Pelicans games, save up to about 18% on average is what game time users do. It's really, really great. So make sure you go check it out today. Download that game time app, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, family, why hasn't there been a change when it comes to the New Orleans Saints head coaching position? Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day here on the Locked On Saints podcast. Don't forget that over on the Locked On Sports Today YouTube stream, it's YouTube's first ever national sports 24-7 stream. Go and check it out. Be a part of history by subscribing to the Locked On Sports Today YouTube page today. So the New Orleans Saints have not made a change at head coach, even though, as we've broken down on this show before, I did an entire first you know, opening portion of a show around the reasons that the Saints would be warranted in making a head coaching change. Why well, haven't they done it. Now you're seeing a bunch of different head coaching positions open up. We saw some in-season moves with the Raiders and with the Chargers and with the Carolina Panthers. Now you're seeing a bunch of other moves with the Tennessee Titans and the uh, New England Patriots and others. There's a lot of opportunity out there for other teams now to pick up and be able to sort of make some improvements moving forward based on a really, really solid head coaching class. Probably one of the best that we've seen in a while. 
up-and-coming offensive coordinators like Bobby Slovak. You've got up-and-coming defensive coordinators like uh, Mike McDonald. You've got former head coaches like Mike Vrabel that might be a good fit for some teams. I've even seen some Saints fans say that they would rather have Mike Vrabel. I disagree, but I think that there are uh, good coaching candidates out there for sure that the New Orleans Saints don't seem to be interested in and instead are going to stand pat here with Dennis Allen. That has been the expectation throughout most of the season. That was Dennis Allen's expectation when I asked him straight up during his end-of-season press conference, do you expect to be the New Orleans Saints head coach in 2024? He said, that is my expectation, yes. I asked him a little bit about what it is that he feels over the last five or six games should give some optimism in terms of what that team will become going into 2024. And he highlighted the young core. It's one of the reasons why we talked about a lot of the different free agents that could potentially be departing uh, at the end of the season in yesterday's episode because of age, right? Like the Saints want to get younger, clearly, all these other pieces. But why not make the change at head coach, knowing that there are really, really good candidates that are out there? Ben Johnson, Brian Johnson, uh, Bobby Slowick, who I mentioned earlier, just looking at some of the offensive guys that come to mind. I'm not going to come out here and call for anybody's job. That That's not my position. That's not my style either. Like, I, I don't really play that game. But just looking at it from the football perspective, I think that the reason that the New Orleans Saints are making this decision is because it's easier to fix what you already know, right? Derek Carr has been in a situation, and I don't really agree with this stance, by the way, but I think I see what the point is and what they're trying to get at, is that they know what they need to fix when it comes to you know, Dennis Allen's you know, coaching staff and, and, and what this New Orleans Saints team is. Really, like even if you remove Dennis Allen from the equation, it's clear what it is that the Saints need to get better at. They need to be more consistent. They need to get better at starting earlier in games. They need to wipe out penalties. You see how successful they were throughout the season when they had less than five penalties in games? Like that made a big difference for them when they weren't stepping on their own foot and all that. And then of course, now there's all this conversation about a culture shift, which the whole point of appointing Dennis Allen as your head coach was to maintain the culture that was already in place. So something has gone wrong. Something is still working. As I've mentioned, I have a lot of Saints players that are on expiring contracts that have told me that they want to remain in New Orleans and that they hope that they get the opportunity to. Some things are working. Some things aren't. Both can be true. It's one of the reasons why I push back on the extreme idea that the Saints have lost the locker room, but very much understand the middle of the road idea, which is far from the other extreme idea, which is everything's fine and dandy, which is very much not true, very clearly. But if you look at it in between, which is usually in the middle, which is usually where the truth lies, clearly some things are working, clearly some things aren't working, and things aren't all perfect when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. And that's new. We're used to either being able to look at the New Orleans Saints and say, pre-2006, something's horribly wrong, or nothing's going wrong at all that's of major concern for the overall culture of the team, although 2014, 15, and 16 were close. So while I understand where the New Orleans Saints are coming from, this is my Chris Rock moment. I don't understand. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree, but I understand um, of uh, it is easier to fix what you know, sure. But at the same time, in the NFL, you've got to take risks. Like one of the big things that the New Orleans Saints always do when it comes to their player personnel is that they're always looking to add talent to get better and sometimes replace talent to get better. Look at the Trevor Pinning situation. Look at when they brought Janoris Jenkins in, in New Orleans. Look at the way that they continued to build up their secondary all off season, and look how well that paid off for them. One of the best secondaries in the NFL. 
and the secondary was the best unit on the New Orleans Saints roster in 2023. So why not apply that same thinking to your coaching staff, to your leadership beyond your roster, right? Like your your player leadership, right? That to me is kind of the thing that is maybe the missing ingredient here. And look, I could be wrong, right? Like the Saints could make minimal changes on their coaching staff this offseason, go into 2024 and shock the world. Let's see if it happens. But the signs don't point in that direction. Oftentimes, when you see what a team is over the course of the first couple of years within team leadership, you know what that team is. I get that this team had a winning record in 2023 of nine and eight. I get that this team looked really good down the stretch at the end of 2023. They looked really good down the stretch in 2022 as well. And look where that got them. Is there really enough to say, yeah? This is what we're going to do as an organization moving forward as the New Orleans Saints. I think it's tough to maybe get people to believe that. So I'm not saying that the Saints are making the wrong decision here. I'm just saying that their decision that they are making is going to come with having to provide a lot of convincing, right? And then they'll have to prove that they're making the right decision. So 2024 will be the end all be all, right? There's all these, you know, there were a lot of people that were talking about, oh, well, Doug Peterson, you know, the, look at what he's doing and the Saints didn't hire him and then look what their season ended up being, right? Like we jumped to conclusions before we see the conclusion. And the Jacksonville Jaguars did basically the exact same the New Orleans Saints did over the course of this 2024 season, or 2023 season, excuse me. And so we have to see what the conclusion is before we cast the full judgment. But I can certainly tell you my expectation is that I don't know how this team improves running it back going into 2024. And look, they're going to tell you that they're not running it back, that they're going to make changes and things like that. We'll see what those changes are. But for me, this is a little bit of a missed opportunity for the New Orleans Saints. There is a fantastic, fantastic selection of young up-and-coming quarterbacks, young up-and-coming head coaching candidates right now that you want to be ahead on. You get the offensive head coach that calls your offensive plays You don't have to worry about cycling offensive coordinators like all these other teams do, right? Offensive coordinator is so tough because you hire a good offensive coordinator, you get one year with them, they become a head coach somewhere. You bring in another offensive coordinator, they come in, you get one year with them. If they do well, they get hired as a head coach somewhere. You're better off hiring the offensive head coach that calls your offensive plays. That way they don't get hired away when some other head coaching position opens up. And in that way, whatever good you build becomes sustainable. It becomes consistent. That's the way that the NFL is trending right now. It's not an offensive coordinator's game anymore. It's an offensive head coach's game right now. And the New Orleans Saints are missing that boat by not jumping into it or jumping onto it here in 2024, unless they're able to prove everyone wrong throughout this season. But then are we just going to be in a situation come 2025 where if the Saints do well and they do replace their offensive coordinator or they do update their offensive system, that they're going to be looking for a brand new one anyway all over again in 2025? Seems pretty likely if things go the way the New Orleans Saints will have you believe they expect things to go in 2024. We still got more for you here on the show. Speaking of head coaches, could there be the greatest head coach of all time, or at least in our modern era day of football, headed to the NFC South? And what would that mean for the New Orleans Saints? We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. Jace Medical is doing everything to make sure that you're prepared for the unforeseen. That's one of the reasons why I absolutely 
love what Jace Medical has to offer. It's flu season right now. There's a bunch of stuff going around. A lot of people are sick and all that. So if you want to make sure that you're helping yourself be a little bit less helpless, I would highly recommend the Jace case. The Jace case comes with five different antibiotics that can come into handy in a bunch of different situations, including yeah, just, just a bunch of different stuff. So make sure you go and check them out. Jace Medical, the Jace case, they're going to get you all taken care of. Visit jacemedical.com right now so that you can get underway and complete your physician encounter. That's going to be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and then medications are going to be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been easier to be more prepared than right now. Go to jacemedical.com and use the promo code Locked On to get $20 off of your order. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it. Huda Nation, the New Orleans Saints could be playing Bill Belichick's next team twice each season for the foreseeable future. Don't forget, Locked On Saints is your team every day. So coming up on Monday, it's our first Mock Draft Monday. Yeah, it's that time to start looking towards the NFL Draft. We're also going to take a look throughout the week at NFL free agency as well, which are actually open before the draft, but you know how it goes. We're all excited about the draft, senior bowl previews, and of course, film study, all that good stuff from the 2023 season. So yes, the New Orleans Saints could be looking to square off with the Bill Belichick team twice a season for the foreseeable future. What a beautiful symphony the NFL is, right? There's some beautiful symmetry, some ugly symmetry that happens sometimes to New Orleans Saints. Uh, they end up playing against Tom Brady, who leaves the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, excuse me, leaves the New England Patriots, arrives with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, have to play him twice a season. For a while, that went really well for New Orleans, actually, here within the division, and then kind of fall off a little bit towards the, Tom Brady's last couple of playing, uh, last, last playing season uh, in Tampa. And now there's a chance that former New England Patriots head coach, Bill Belichick, so we go from the Greatest quarterback of all time ending up in the same division as the New Orleans Saints, or what some would consider the greatest quarterback of all time, to what some would consider the greatest head coach of all time, potentially landing in the division and taking on the New Orleans Saints twice a season. Isn't symmetry beautiful? Um, Look, there's a chance that Bill Belichick is the future head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, potentially the future head coach of the uh, of the Carolina Panthers as well. I'd be a little surprised with the Carolina Panthers. I can't imagine Bill Belichick, the coach and GM, working with David Tepper, the owner. Oh my goodness, I couldn't see that going very, very well. But working with Arthur Blank, working with the Atlanta Falcons, there's a fit there. There's a lot that actually fits there. So it's going to be very interesting to see exactly how things go down with Bill Belichick. Does he end up in the NFC South? Does he end up as a head coach in the NFC South? Does he end up somewhere else or in some other position? We never know. Everybody thought that Mike Vrabel was a shoe-in to become the next head coach over the New England Patriots. Come to find out, Gerard Mayo was already under contract to be the successor of Bill Belichick. So you never know what's going to happen, even when they tell you that they know what's going to happen. So could this happen for the New Orleans Saints? Yeah, 100%. And look, I'm going to tell you this much. It's not that Tom Brady was the difference for Bill Belichick, in my mind, okay? 
I'm still very much a Belichick believer. I think he's still a fantastic head coach. And I think that he can still rejuvenate a program if in the right situation. But he does need a quarterback. I don't think that Tom Brady's departure was entirely what did Bill Belichick in. I think Mac Jones being a bad quarterback is what did Bill Belichick in. Bailey Zappi being the best alternative while also being a bad quarterback is what did Bill Belichick in. I think it was less the loss of Tom Brady and more the drop-off between Tom Brady and Mac Jones. What I mean to say is that if your drop-off goes from Tom Brady to, let's just pick a quarterback for conversation's sake, let's say if your drop-off goes from Tom Brady to Patrick Mahomes, that drop-off is a little bit easier to manage, isn't it? If your drop-off goes from uh, Tom Brady to Mac Jones, that's a much larger leap and a much larger drop-off you have to go to. But if your drop-off is from Tom Brady to Kirk Cousins, that's arguably much better than the drop-off from Tom Brady to Mac Jones. See what I'm getting at here? It's a sliding scale. It's not one for one. Lose Tom Brady, Bill Belichick bad. More like lose Tom Brady, have to deal with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, Bill Belichick bad. But lose Tom Brady, land good quarterback, land great quarterback, Bill Belichick could still have something left in his coffers. So that's what I'm looking at for if Tom Brady, or excuse me, Bill Belichick ends up with, let's say, the Atlanta Falcons, who are going to be looking for a new quarterback come this season, draft number eight overall in the NFL draft. There's a real opportunity for Bill Belichick to be paired with a good quarterback or maybe even a free agent quarterback that hits the market and lands in Atlanta, as Atlanta foolishly did not get in on the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes when there were potentially Lamar Jackson sweepstakes because all the little NFL owners decided that they were mad about Lamar Jackson, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, representing himself, right? So they all got in cahoots and then nobody wanted to sign Lamar Jackson, which I still think is one of the most ridiculous storylines of the previous season. But haha, who gets the last laugh? Lamar Jackson himself. Now that he's got an actual offense, it is an MVP candidate and excuse me, is the MVP as far as I'm concerned from this season. So if Bill Belichick lands the right quarterback when he goes to Atlanta, and I only leave Carolina out of that conversation because they're married to their quarterback. Bryce Young is the guy. I don't think he's going to be the guy, but he is their guy. And so that's done. But Bill Belichick would have his pick at quarterback if landing in Atlanta because Taylor Heineke is not the guy. Desmond Ritter's not the guy. You're moving on from either one of those dudes and you're finding a new quarterback in Atlanta. So things could get really interesting if Bill Belichick ends up in Atlanta, which I can't think of a city that makes less sense for Bill Belichick than the city of Atlanta outside of maybe the city of New Orleans, but that's a different conversation for another time, right? Culture is what we've been talking about a lot here on this show. All right, a little bit of land yap for you. I promise you I would come back to the play action conversation. The New Orleans Saints were fantastic when it came to the play action game. And when they finally uh, committed to it a bit more towards the end of the season, going from four point, just over four play action attempts per game over the first 12 games to seven, just over seven for Tom, uh, Tom Brady, for uh, Derek Carr in the last five games. Uh, a lot of folks were wondering, okay, so what were the rushing totals during that time? And you'll be surprised to know the New Orleans Saints were a decidedly worse rushing team when their play action was working best over those last five games. So when the play action wasn't working early on for the New Orleans Saints, or at least wasn't being committed to is probably more accurate, the Saints were averaging over 28 rushes per game, over 105 rushing yards per game, 
and just 3.7 yards per attempt. Those aren't great numbers, but those numbers are better than the last five games when the Saints were fantastic when it came to play action, where they ran under 28 times per game, ran just over 96 yards per, so almost 10 yards less on average over those last five games, and 3.5 yards per attempt, which was less than the 3.7 yards per, per attempt from the first 12 games. So interestingly enough, it wasn't run game efficiency that made play action better. And this is something I've argued all the time. You don't have to have an efficient run game for the play action to work. You just have to commit to the run. And what you saw here is, even though it was a little bit of a drop-off, 28 rushes per game in the first 12 games, 27.8 rushes per game in the last five games, a continued commitment on a per-game basis to the run game. And so even when the efficiency dropped off, a boost in utilizing play action and mixing it in as a greater part of their offense and a greater part of their identity worked, despite the fact that the efficiency of the run game wasn't actually there. So this is a perfect illustration of the fact that you don't have to have a great run game or a working run game even for the play action to work. You just have to be committed to running. That's it. And the New Orleans Saints remain committed to running over the course of those last five games at, this, at a similar rate of the first 12 games, even though they ran for 10 yards per game less, less efficient, but not the play action, which I think was big. Looking forward to seeing more of that in 2024 because there's no excuse to go away from it at this point. All right, y'all, we appreciate you making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day, every day for your second listen. I mentioned it earlier. Make sure you go and check out Locked On Pelicans. Jake is doing a great job covering the surging and on-fire New Orleans Pelicans. Make sure you go and check him out. And of course, Caroline Fenton over at Locked On LSU as well, covering big changes in the SEC. Thank you as always. Make it locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson Nola, N O L A. Hit me up. Learn how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.